This is the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies. A better choice for insurance. Now, from Studio B or wherever the Saints and Pelicans might be, here's Brianna Nowlin and Cassie Calvert. Good morning, Pelicans and Saints fans. It is a bittersweet Thursday morning here at the Pelicans practice facility in Studio B as the Pelicans wrapped up the regular season last night, but on a high note with the win, the Pelicans topped the Trailblazers 103-100. to Pelicans finished the season 34-48 and at 10th in the West and 10th in this year's draft lottery. But this win snapped an 11-game losing streak at Portland. In fact, the first win in the Pelicans uniform at the Moda Center and the first win for the organization since 2010 at in Portland. So a high note there for the Pelicans, despite the Portland Trailblazers not playing star players Damian Lillard, T.J. McCollum, but Pelicans also not playing Anthony Davis, DeMarcus Cousins, that they've been kind of shut down for the season. New Orleans rallied from an 11-point second-half deficit there. So a good showing from some of the younger guys, a lot of potential to build off of coming up this game. Coach Gentry afterwards expressed his enthusiasm for what he got to see out of the young guys. He kind of put them in situations to see how they would react and was pleased with their performances. Chuck Diallo posted another good game last night. His averages through the last three games of the season, 12.6 points, 12 rebounds, one block, averaging 27.3 minutes, two consecutive double-doubles for him, a career-best 16 boards last night. And when you're that young of a player, it's really important to be able to put together consecutive high-quality games. So that's something Gentry really stressed post-game is being pleased with seeing two consecutive good performances out of the rookie. Jordan Crawford, again, hot off the bench, double digits. He really was appreciative in his post-game interviews, just expressing his expressing his gratitude for the opportunity he's been given here at the Pelicans, and he has certainly made the most of it. Don't call them instant grits for nothing. We'll hear from Coach Gentry, Dell Demps, and players this afternoon, so we'll break that down in tomorrow's episode as they wrap up their season here at the Pelicans facility. For the playoff picture, that was finalized last night. Your Western Conference matchups will be Warriors and Portland. That game one will be on Sunday. San Antonio and Memphis on Saturday. Houston, OKC on Sunday. That will be interesting as we see two potential MVP candidates in James Harden and Russell Westbrook go head-to-head. Clippers Jazz will be on Saturday as well. Eastern Conference matchups, Boston and Chicago. As Boston clinched that number one seed, they'll match up on Sunday. Cleveland versus Indiana on Saturday, and we will get to see Lance Stevenson and LeBron James once again. No one knows if there will be any blowing in LeBron's ear this year, but certainly one to watch. That will be a fun one. Toronto, Milwaukee on Saturday. Washington, Atlanta on Sunday. On the NFL side, today we are going to hear from 40, as we continue our NFL draft coverage, we're going to hear from 49ers team reporter Joe Fan, who's going to be breaking down the 49ers strategy heading into the draft as they have that number two pick. They brought in John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, so a complete leadership change there in their offseason. This will be a crucial one for them after finishing 2-14 and 14 last season. So interested to see what he has to say. That will be in segment two. And in segment one, we are going to hear from Coach Gentry. Sean Kelly sat down with him last night after the game. We'll tease a little bit of their um, Alvin Gentry coaches show that you can hear the full version tonight at 7 p.m. on 99.5 WRNO for the last Coach Gentry show of this season. So you'll definitely want to check that out. Got a great show for you. Talking draft, talking Pelicans. Stick around.
The future is bright for our New Orleans Pelicans with the addition of all-star DeMarcus Cousins, along with Anthony Davis and Drew Holiday. The time is now to become a Pelican season ticket holder. For a limited time, receive a food and beverage gift card worth up to $600. So don't miss out on any of the action. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com today and win the night. Are you ready for a slimmer and trimmer you? Smoothie King's new and improved Slim and Trim meal replacement smoothies are here. Now with just 250 or fewer calories per 20-ounce cup, they're slimmer and trimmer than ever. Keep your diet on track and feel fuller longer with at least 11 grams of protein and 6 grams of fiber. Add Smoothie King to your diet today with new and improved Slim and Trim smoothies in three delicious flavors. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Diet and weight loss depend on individual needs, eating right, and exercising daily. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. Well, Coach, the season ended with a win last night in Portland. I know it, after talking to you, not only after the Laker game, but before the Portland game, I don't want to say that winning was ultra important, but certainly the things that go into winning were probably important to you, and I'm hoping that you uh, enjoyed the final game of the regular season. Well, I did enjoy it, and obviously we played some guys, uh, extended minutes that doesn't usually play those minutes, but, you know, to me they responded well. Uh, you know, I look at the way Quinn Cook ran the team. I look at the way, you know, Chet, you know, rebound the basketball and some of the things that he's done, and obviously, you know, he's got a lot more to learn, but, you know, just the effort that he played with and the things that happened, the, the, the positive things he made happen, uh, I think is a, is, is a great way for him to end the year. Coach, you thought it was amazing that the final five you had out there for the most part, four of the five had spent time in the D-League this year, and here they were kind of fighting their butts off to end the season on the right note. And, and I think that's the great thing about the D-League, you know, the development of, of young players and, and what they try to do. And, uh, you know, I thought those guys did a great job. We tried to put guys in a little bit of an uncomfortable position. You know, we had Axel take the ball out in the last six seconds of the game just to see how he reacted. And uh, I thought he did a great job there. And then just, you know, Jordan Crawford making shots and doing some things. Uh, so it was a real positive to end it the season on. And I think that's always good to try to have something positive to end the season on. Coach, I'll ask you the same question I did last night before the game. And that's, that's basically how you felt uh, at the end of the regular season. Maybe as, whether it be as compared to at the end of your first year with the Pelicans or just in general. You know, if you were to say, this is the way I'm leaving the regular season. What would that be? I would say disappointing. You know, I mean, I just thought that, uh, it, you know, there was just so many factors that entered into it. But, you know, obviously it started with Drew and uh, not being able to come to training camp for obvious reasons. I mean, you know, obviously family always come first. And that's one great thing about uh, being in this organization and having the Bensons as uh, owners is that, you know, they always put family first. Uh, but I just thought that kind of got us off to a rough start right away, not having him. Uh, uh, you know, I thought there were some great, great moments. I thought AD had as good a year as anybody. And if our record would have been better, I think he would have been very much in the, the discussions for MVP. Uh, you know, we had guys that, that stepped up, played well. Uh, you know, but once again, the injuries just kind of took its toll on us. And that's the disappointing thing. You know, I'll go uh, next season. It's got to be to go into training camp and come out of training camp in the preseason with the same guys that's going to be playing for us in the regular season. 
Coach, you knew it would be tough not having a, a full complement of training camp and then to start the season without Drew Holiday. Could you have envisioned that it would have had as major an impact as it truly did? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just felt like that, uh, you know, he had played so well at the end of last year and we kind of needed, you know, his, not, not just his, his, his ball handling, but his scoring. You know, we missed as, we missed as much as anything, but, uh, you know, there were great, great bright spots. You know, we still have the ability, you know, to line up and play against the world champions and beat them and beat San Antonio and had an opportunity really to beat them twice. Uh, you know, had great game against Golden State. So, you know, we're there, but we just have to develop that consistency where we're doing that night in and night out. The roller coaster ride had so many, you know, ups and downs and twists and turns this year. You know, obviously, a lot of folks are going to remember the moment that DeMarcus Cousins joined this franchise. How impactful was that moment, not only just on the season, but maybe on what lies ahead? Well, it was impactful in that, you know, you got one of the top ten players in the NBA that you trade for. That's really difficult to do. You trade for a guy that, you know, has the ability to, you know, to average, you know, 28 points and 12 rebounds a game for you. But he also has the ability to step out on the floor and be an inside and outside player. And so when you add that to you, to the mix, I mean, obviously it was not something that was going to gel in the first four or five or ten games of the year, but... I think there's a bright, bright future for those guys because I think both of them uh, like playing with each other, and I think both of them feel like they can sit in, fit in and play together and, and be a huge factor in the games. Coach, when you think about how long it took to gel, and then obviously there's a body of work there that says this is a positive thing, in, in any way can you sit there and say or allow someone to say that we might have just run out of games on this season? Well, you know, we were playing really good basketball, and uh, especially in March. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think if we would have had another month to go in the season, and that's easy to say, you know, but, but I think if we would have had another month in the season, I think we were starting to feel good about ourselves. We were starting to feel good about uh, the playing relationship that the, the Marcus and uh, AD uh, could have. And uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, now we got to look forward to training camp and know that uh, we can get it done in training camp. Thanks, Sean and Coach Gentry. For more from their interview from last night's game, you can tune in to the Alvin Gentry Show tonight on 99.5 WRNO. That's yours at 7 p.m. When we come back, we'll hear from 49ers team reporter Joe Fan as we continue our NFL draft coverage. Concert from Pink Floyd's Visionary. Roger Waters, Us and Them. Saturday, July 8th, Smoothie King Center. Featuring songs from Pink Floyd's greatest albums, live in extraordinary quad sound. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster. Staying informed before and after a storm is critical. Hello, I'm Dave Mason, Entergy lineman and safety specialist. Sign up for text alerts by downloading the free Entergy app. If the power goes out, we'll keep you informed with outage maps and alerts. You can also visit EntergyStormCenter.com where you can learn how we are preparing for the storm and how you can prepare. That's EntergyStormCenter.com. 
We call it No Appointment Radio. You're listening to the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. I'm Cassie Calvert, and this morning I am joined by 49ers team reporter Joe Fan. Joe, what is the kind of off-season mentality of the 49ers this season, do you feel like? Yeah, I mean, I think the mentality is just a fresh start, and I think there's excitement around the building right now with the new head coach, Kyle Shanahan, and new general manager, and John Lynch. And so I would say that is, is kind of the mentality, as well as turning the page from a 2-14 and 14 season in 2016. But I think what you're seeing is that you know no one's really worried about that. They're taking the lessons they can learn from it and then moving on. Because that's all you can do. I mean, it's in the past, new coaching staff, it's a new front office. And so, um, but the vibe is good. Now, uh, you know, we're really finishing up the first week of the offseason program now. So the 49ers entered the offseason with more cap space than nearly every other team in the NFL. They've been very active in free agency under this new leadership that you mentioned. What has that been like, and how do you think that plays into what they decide to do with the draft? Yeah, it's interesting, right, because cap space doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be really active in free agency. We saw that last year where they had plenty of cap space, and the front office, the old regime, just opted to uh, to kind of stand pat and decide there was no one they wanted to spend big money on. And so this year they, they found guys in uh, really specific pieces who they felt like are going to you know be contributors immediately and also down the road. And so you saw guys like Brian Hoyer, a quarterback who – uh, you know, might not be a franchise household name, but knows Kyle Shanahan's system and will be able to operate it right away from day one. You have a guy like Kyle Juszczyk, who one of the most successful fullbacks in the league, made the Pro Bowl in 2016. They plan to use him a lot at tight end, splitting it wide, using as a running back. And so John Lynch called him an offensive weapon, something that he's so much more than than just a fullback, even though he is the highest paid, the highest paid fullback in the league. You could also argue he's one of the lowest paid tight ends in the league. And so Different, you know, Pierre Garçon, another veteran guy who knows Kyle Shanahan's system. And so there's different pieces that, that yes, they spent good money on, but, but also they have brought here for a specific reason. Familiarity is nice, but also a lot of guys who have a proven track record in this league. And, and there's still plenty of uh, cap space left. And so there's a lot of uh, options at the table for, for John Lynch coming into the draft. And so whether they opt to trade the pick, whether they opt to trade up for the pick, um, you know, there's definitely flexibility within the roster. And I think that's a benefit to this team. For someone like you and maybe for 49ers devoted fans, how does a different kind of regime in place change how you look at the draft? It might be, is it harder to predict what they will do since you don't kind of have that history there? I don't necessarily know if that's an, uh, I mean, sure, you don't have draft history with John Lynch. It's the first time he's ever going to be, mm-hmm. you know, really pulling the trigger on draft picks. You've got Adam Peters, who is his, it's his right-hand guy, the vice president of player personnel, who's done it for a long time with the New England Patriots organization and most recently in Denver with the Broncos. So, yeah, you don't know exactly what John Lynch is going to do, but I think this draft in general, especially sitting at the number two pick, Mm -hmm. you have no idea what's going to happen because you assume that the top player available, the consensus top guy, Miles Garrett, is going to be off the board, right? So if he goes to Cleveland, then you're left with a bunch of guys who are very good players but not necessarily one that stands out. And so it's really going to be a pick-your-flavor kind of guy. And without seeing a draft board or grades, it makes it really difficult to kind of have any sort of inclination of, of where they're leaning. They might be looking to trade out. They might be looking to trade up even. John Lynch said yesterday at the local pro day that all options are on the table and they're exploring everything. And so um, with that as their mindset and with the draft field, uh, this draft class as balanced as it is, it makes it very difficult to forecast. But, I mean, it's not a bad option to have to beat the number two pick and have a lot of good uh, players at your disposal. You just got to decide who you think is best and fits your team best. 
Certainly. I think one of the trendy picks that's been thrown around for the 49ers at number two is Solomon Thomas. What have you seen from him, the Stanford pass rusher? I know they've gotten to see him in action as well. Yeah, I mean, a local guy right up the road, right up the 101, and, and a guy that you know the 49ers are familiar with. They've seen Stanford guys. They drafted Joshua Garnett in the first round, uh, the team's starting left guard, or starting right guard, pardon me. Uh, they saw him plenty last year, and so yeah, I mean, Solomon Thomas the guy who's really risen to the draft boards ever since he dominated the Sun Bowl against North Carolina and Mitchell Trubisky, one of the top quarterback prospects. I mean, he was harassing him the entire game. Only had one sack, but really a dominant force at the point of attack at the line of scrimmage in the backfield throughout the game. And so, yeah, I, mean, I think when you look at this team and, and moving to a 4-3 defense and, and really looking for that edge rusher uh, in um, you know, Robert Sala's new defense, He's a nice fit. Um, you know, if you can't get to the quarterback, you can't really do much on defense. And I think you, you saw that last year with this team struggled consistently to get to the quarterback. And so that's a nice fit, obviously. Um, but you've got Derek Barnett, uh, another edge rusher out of Tennessee, who people have said they like a lot. Uh, Robert Sala and John Lynch both said they like what they've seen from him. You've got a couple of safeties who are really talented as well. And so it, it's just so difficult. But I think, yeah, Solomon Thomas, he fills a certain need for the 49ers uh, and something that's a really coveted position in the NFL. You mentioned that local pro day that they had yesterday. What were your take biggest takeaways from that? Yeah, I don't think there's a ton to take away, just to be mm-hmm. completely honest with you. I mean, I think you're looking at some guys who might be late-round picks or priority free agents. You know, guys, okay, we've seen them. We like what they do. We'll make them a priority undrafted free agent. They're a local guy, and they'll be a great camp body with a chance to make the roster. But there's no one there. Um, that you're looking at in the top couple rounds. I mean, there there were a couple guys who were rumored to maybe come. Washington's Kevin King, um, and then uh, a Wuzu uh, or a Wuzi from uh, from Colorado. Apologies if I'm butchering his name, but a couple of corners from the Pac-12 who are really talented, who might go in rounds one and two. They're going to come work out with the team next week on their own. Um, and so yesterday, I think it's just uh, you know it was good to see the the 49ers coaching staff on the field coaching ball a little bit, but it was pretty brief. It was only about a 45-minute workout and consisted of pretty much just individual drills. And so there wasn't a ton to take away from that, but it was nice. John Lynch did speak to the media, and um, I think those are the biggest takeaways, whatever he says. And I think the biggest takeaway, again, as I've mentioned before, he said, we're open for business. Um, you know, the phone is, is ready to, you know, be answered, and um, they're exploring all their options. And so uh, I think really getting down to it two weeks now, until the draft begins and, and we finally find out what the team does with the second overall pick. But um, I think this team still has plenty of work to do, and I don't think they've made up their mind by any means. You mentioned the acquisition of Brian Hoyer, and John Lynch has really been focused on the quarterback prospects throughout this offseason. What do you think is a likely scenario for them for the quarterbacks in the rest of this offseason? Do you think they go in the draft or maybe wait to the later free agency as well? Yeah, I think, I mean, I would, I would bet heavily that they're going to take a quarterback at some point in the draft. It's just a matter of when I don't think it happens at number two. I don't Mm -hmm. think any of these quarterbacks would grade out as a franchise guy. And if you're taking a quarterback at number two, you better have a franchise grade on him that he's going to be the future of your team. I don't know if they see any quarterback like that. I'm not saying they don't like any of the quarterbacks in this draft, but you also have to be smart about where you're picking. And when you're picking at number two, you have to have a cornerstone player. And there's a lot of opportunities to get somebody like that at number two. And so, um, you know, I think John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have been have been pretty steadfast in, in their approach to getting a quarterback. Yes, they'd like a franchise quarterback, but in the meantime, they're very confident in what they have in Brian Hoyer, um, and they're not going to reach or mortgage their future 
just to get a guy in here. They're willing to be patient. They have the luxury of being patient. They both have six-year contracts. They both know this is a process. They've mentioned that numerous times throughout uh, their time since being hired. Um, and so, again, I think it's hard to predict. I would expect them to take a quarterback is it as early as the second round if a guy like Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes falls. Possibly. Is it later on if a guy like Brad Kaya or Davis Webb from Cal is still there? Possibly. Uh, again, it's hard to forecast, and you have no idea where these quarterbacks rank on their board. They might be in love with somebody that we're not even talking about, whether it's Nathan Peterman from Pitt um, or what have you. But I would say that, yeah, you're adding a rookie quarterback, whether it's one in the draft and then one in free agency as well, and that being undrafted free agency. Um, so bringing a couple of rookies in, I wouldn't be surprised if they had four quarterbacks going into camp, but um, it's possible they only have three, but I would assume one of them is certainly a rookie. So like you said, they're they're feeling comfortable with Brian Hoyer at, Hoyer at starter if they if that does become the case going into the season then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, again, I, I think – Brian Hoyer has a track record of success. I mean, last year he had five straight games of 300 yards passing. I mean, I don't think there were many quarterbacks in the league that were doing that. Um, and he was doing it for the, for a Bears team with, with really limited weapons, and Alshon Jeffrey hurt most of the season. And so the biggest thing for him is just staying healthy. I, I think, um, you know, he's been a guy who's been fairly a, a consistent producer. Um, and Kyle Shanahan trusts him a lot, and he had some success together. He had a winning record through, uh, you know, what – 10, 11 weeks in, in Cleveland in 2014. And so for him, it's just the ability to stay healthy. And I don't know how you forecast that and, and what odds you put on that. But but I think he, he's earned the right to, to, you know, let's see what happens. Um, he's a confident guy. He's a veteran. He, he's been around the league. And so um, he knows what he's getting to himself into. Kyle Shanahan knows what he's getting himself into with Brian Hoyer. And it's nice that when you're bringing in an entire new offense, it's nice to have a quarterback there who speaks your language from day one. So one other free agent pick that the 49ers picked up this offseason was Tim Hightower, and he's a really popular uh, locker room guy here in New Orleans. What have you seen from him so far, and how do you foresee him fitting in? Yeah, I think it's just uh, added competition to the backfield. Mm -hmm. I think um, the more competition you can bring into training camp, and that's, that's kind of the mantra throughout the league, right, between front offices and coaching staff. But I actually asked Kyle Shanahan last week about Tim Hightower, and they also added Dewan Harris, another veteran running back who was mm -hmm. with the 49ers in 2016 and, and, and part a is you know you're getting a guy who's going to add a legit competition to the backfield um he's going to have a legit chance to, to carve out a role for this for himself in this backfield on this team in Kyle Shanahan's offense but uh the word he uses you're getting a pro um you're getting a guy who comes to work every day uh and as cliche as it is but when you know what you're going to get from a guy from a work ethic standpoint from a production standpoint there's a lot to be said for that um and so when you have a, an overall young team and you have a lot of draft picks. You're going to be bringing a lot of rookies in. I mean, you can't get yourself, you know, having those veterans on your team who are dependable and accountable um, and can kind of help shape the culture of the locker room a little bit, I think is huge. And so uh, they brought him in for a workout. There was speculation that he might be signed a little bit earlier. And then uh, they pulled the trigger about a week later. And so, um, you know, I don't think it's necessarily a, will hinder them from taking someone in the draft. There's a running back they really love, but, but again, getting the chance to a, a productive, dependable veteran, uh, I think that's the idea there. And he showed last year in New Orleans that he still got plenty in the tank, and, and he had a fantastic year there. Absolutely. He will certainly be missed here. Well, Joe, thank you so much for your time this morning. This is a great insight into the 49ers' mindset this offseason. We really appreciate it, and best of luck going forward. It was a lot of fun. Take care. Hopefully we'll talk soon.
Akshner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have, a chance to grow up. Sometimes, cancer patients come who were told they were out of options. But Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Neil Diamond, bringing you all the hits. Neil Diamond's 50-year anniversary world tour. May 2nd, Smoothie King Center. Tickets on sale now. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com and Ticketmaster. Neil Diamond. If you don't want to miss out on any of the action, get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus text with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features. Plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. That'll do it for us on this Thursday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Just a reminder, we'll be back tomorrow. You'll have me and Bree as our Friday tradition continues. We'll be continuing that NFL draft coverage tomorrow. We will cover the Bears with a number three pick. So we'll hear from a Bears reporter about how he thinks the Bears will break down that pick and their, what their draft is going to look like this season. We'll also hear from players, Coach Gentry and Del Dems, after they've spoken to the media this afternoon. So we'll break down that kind of wrap-up of the season interviews then as well. Another great show for you coming your way tomorrow, and thanks for joining me today. I'm Cassie Calvert, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source, the Black and Blue Report.